Hello, and welcome to the Tony Awards. Tony with an I. I'm Sam. I'm Jake. And joining us today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Brandon Sargent. Hello. Hi. How are you, Brandon? I'm swell. Have you met Jake before? I don't know if you guys know each other. I know him from school. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's kind of awkward. We've never actually spoken before. And we're roommates, but... Yeah. And we're dating. And we're dating. Yeah. This is Brandon. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) One of our five aforementioned guests uh, i mean fans of the pod <laughs> I am a my mom fan. brandon i think that all of our not fans your dad. are not my dad my mm. dad stopped watching midway through watching mid- mm. um listen am i tipsy off of two sips of my drink yes will it stop me from making smart comments about this movie no today's movie is called diana and me from 1997 uh the summary is an australian woman named diana spencer same name as Diana, Princess of Wales. Which may or may not be important to the plot. She and her fiancé win a magazine sweepstakes and go to the United Kingdom to meet Princess Diana, but stuff goes awry. Um, stuff and does go awry in this movie. Yeah. And, and and that, I feel like, is the best summary that we can... It, it's the best elevator pitch that we can give the movie without mm-hmm. just going into, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. Yeah, It's a very... I would say complicated movie. I really didn't never know. I never knew what was going to happen next, but I also wasn't entirely like riveted. It was one of those definitely um, Australian genre list. Definitely movies Australian. Where it was. It, it was marketed. Not marketed. It was claimed. Google. I'm never going to drink before recording this podcast again. Google claimed that it was a romantic comedy, but I didn't see it. I did see it. I actually kind of enjoyed that it was like a romantic comedy subversion in a way like the ending spoiler alert was very romantic comedy i feel but the um most of the film didn't feel entirely romantic comedy well i have some tea about yes brandon's been sitting on some tea all day and and he cannot wait to tell us so you know how the movie is bookended by her visiting oh we know what you're gonna say (laughs) Well, guess what? That was we not there to it. begin with because somehow, serendipitously, post that's correct. Post-production on this movie finished months before Princess Diana died. Mm-hmm. Literal months. They were planning Literal to release months. the movie the month that she tragically died. And then it was problematic because they were like, literally the whole movie is about paparazzi chasing her in cars which was the way that she died and like famously yeah famously killed in not entirely but like due to the fact that she was relentlessly hounded by pops all the time yeah and i thought that was so interesting that that's what the movie is about and i thought that it was a direct commentary but while i was watching it was like 1997 hmm, like I'm like, when did she die? I don't know. And I feel like... It also would be a very bold move right after Princess Diana died to be like, let me write a movie about why it's right. bad for the paparazzi right to chase Princess Diana specifically in a car. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That whole scene. There's like a literal chase. Yeah. And she's going wild alone in the car. I was like, what? I also didn't learn how she died until today. I didn't know that she was being chased by the paparazzi. I knew a little Is bit about it. Is that what happened? I... When she actually died? 
I I want to say I'm 65 percent sure okay. yeah. that that's like it, it's my like mom a will let us know yeah. after she your, listens. To this. Your your mom will send in a corrections. Rachel corner. Griffiths was chasing. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Griffiths killed Princess Diana. You heard it here first. Oh my god! But, but no, I'll, that's but, crazy. But also, I I feel like answers some questions about her wig. Or real oh. hair from the beginning and end because they never show oh, why yeah. she suddenly has a pixie cut. Oh my god! My theory is that she cut it for whatever her next move. That's was. what I thought. Okay. When I looked it up and it's velvet gold mine. I was or, like, no, it's um, um the else. boys. So I was like, did was that like a choice? Why well, also time? did oh. she had an updated hairstyle too? I feel like you know working. Yeah. Uh, actors in the 90s yeah. always change Also, hair. so quick, <laughs> if you're keeping up with Tony Collette's IMDb page, as we all are, you may <clears> notice <throat> that we've skipped a movie called The James Gang, and that's because it's not even available on Amazon on DVD. Uh, it's nowhere to be found, so we just skipped right over and went to Diana and gang. me. Next week's movie would have been The Boys, but that is also not available anywhere, so next week we're going straight to Velvet Goldmine. Hopefully and once we get to the 2000s, the movies will become more available. Yeah. And as Tony starts to leave Australia. <laughs> once Tony <laughs> abandons her homeland, it'll make things a whole lot easier for us, both in terms of understanding the dialogue being said and in terms of finding the movies themselves. I am very... So we've talked about this before because a lot of her movies are aggressively Australian. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love it when she just talks in her natural oh, dialect, though, it. because she's so cute. I adore And it. she's cute when she has, like, either an American accent or a British one. But, like, for something, for some reason, like, just, like, the way she said things, I can't even remember now. Like, just her husband, her fiance's name, like, Mark. Yeah. Can, Mark. I just, can I read you a quote from the director? Usually we wouldn't go into research until the end of the episode, but um, this quote that I found from the director about why he chose to take on this film, uh, he says, I liked the idea of Diana Spencer from Wollongong, Australia. <laughs> Uh, winning a competition and coming to the UK, basically disgracing herself at a Ken- Kensington Palace garden party and ending in the lockup. And her boyfriend just wants to sit in his room and watch cricket. It's a good statement on Australians abroad. I saw that. I was like, what is that? <laughs> what is that even? I think that says I, all we need I to know felt about like Australia. I, I got the impression throughout this movie that Australians <clears throat> are... I, I kind of feel like Australia to the United Kingdom is like Kentucky to new york in a way where everybody was very everybody in the united kingdom was very like sophisticated and the australians just come in they're like knocking over paparazzi trying Mm -hmm. to get a glimpse of princess diana while like the fucking snake charmer music plays while they make eye contact i know yeah but we're getting ahead of ourselves so do we want to get into the plot yes so this movie opens on the magazine that is running the sweepstakes they've gone through 40,000 letters asking to meet princess diana <coughs> all of them basically just say i want to like go shoe shopping with her in the outback mm-hmm. shoot some kangaroos shoot some kangaroos and the magazine staff is like isn't there anybody who has a single good reason to meet princess diana then one of them calls them up and is like i have a letter from a woman in australia whose name is diana spencer and we don't find out the contents of her letter until Which later is on in the movie probably one of the best mm-hmm. parts one of the, of the best parts of the entire movie but they decide to give the uh, sweepstakes award to diana it's kind of implied because we don't know the contents of the letter as of yet it's implied that it's just because they share the same name mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which it kind of is yeah it 
I, I would say about half the reason why she wins the sweepstakes is because they share a name. So she and her fiance, who are like trying to get a loan on a house. for a house. Who's a construction worker? And I just want to throw real quick in there. I was very shook by the fact that all the construction workers in the 90s in Australia wore short shorts. <laughs> that was just I an didn't odd notice moment. that. It makes sense Did due you to not? the weather. No. <laughs> <laughs> it does make sense to do the weather, it but does. I thought it was a funny it was just a funny visual. Yeah. Uh what I what struck me about the movie within the first 10 minutes was how cool of a character Diana is. Yeah. She's not even like a cool girl. She just like says what's on her mind. Mm-hmm. She seems in in the context of Tony Collette's filmography, this seems to be the most I guess quote unquote normal person that she has played thus far. But in yeah. Australia, she's not necessarily normal because she is calling normal. out certain. Yeah, the fact that she's normal makes her abnormal in Australia. She's got some Muriel vibes, though. A little bit, in the sense that mm-hmm. there's an unfilteredness that I think comes across <clears throat> way more off-putting with Muriel's character. That right. comes across way more normally with her because she's dressed. Uh, well, she's portrayed as a more of like just a traditional kind of normal, average. Australian woman who yeah. has like a fiance. She's the every woman. And I did want to say I, I thought about this early on and then obviously it was changed by the end of the movie, but like you've I realize you never see like just normal, like engaged people in movies. Like yeah. people who like are together, travel together, and then don't have hijinks happen to them. Obviously I was proven wrong because they do <laughs> have a lot of drama in their life eventually but like at the, for the first 20 minutes I was like oh they're just like normal people like a rom-com that didn't have to be like I didn't know that the rom was coming I thought it was just a com well True. I also was like where I feel like you learn a lot about her husband and he ends up being more of a minor character but like literally I don't know anything no about Diana like I don't know what she does that is that's true, true. I don't we know have no like idea. who like because it's all and like the only kind of tidbit is later on when they're talking about money and he's like it's my money it's my house mm-hmm. and I'm like but they don't really talk about anything yeah her she only does. trait is that she's a she Di- loves uh, Diana. Diana Stan yeah <laughs> I wonder if this movie took place um, in 2019 who the person would be I think it would I be Ariana Grande that. no I think I it would not. be like Beyonce oh it would be Beyonce or, or like or Michelle Obama one of the Kardashians like I don't think so because I don't think that um because I feel like Princess Diana was idolized for her altruism a lot of the time like later on in the movie where it is revealed (laughs) what um Tony as Diana wrote in her letter which is five words Princess Diana is Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. Princess Diana is Jesus Christ uh I I don't think that that would necessarily hold true for a Kardashian no you're right but I also I'm thinking. I think part of the reason why we don't really have an equivalent today is because of the aftermath. Because I don't want to say paparazzi. Oh. They obviously still exist, but I feel like that we've learned through this, through Britney Spears, Not to idolize Lindsay people. Lohan, that like this kind of... I was about to say, I kind of wish that this movie had come out later and that it had been about Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. My that would God. be you, Brandon. That would be you. You would be the Diana to the Lindsay. <laughs> oh, my God. I would change my name to Lindsay Lohan <laughs> just to enter the Lindsay Lohan stakes. is Jesus Christ. <laughs> is she not? She is. She tried to kidnap someone. I recently discovered that she has on Spotify a cover of Edge of Seventeen. Excuse me? 
Lindsay oh Lohan. God. Just so you all know. Can we take four minutes to just play that? <laughs> I'll, um, I'll edit the podcast later and just throw it in. So anyway, she wins the sweepstakes. She goes to London. She's uh, she's escorted to a garden party with her fiance. By where it's Carol. It, can we also yeah? Can we, we need, talk about we Carol must real talk quick. About because who is played is by not, Elizabeth Warren? She plays. <laughs> that's what I was just. <laughs> really? I wrote that down. She is Elizabeth Warren from London. She literally Younger is her. And, and hor- more horrible. Also, what a wild character. What an insane. Obviously character. not. Okay, in today's day and age. Absolutely not. It's one of those circumstances. I'm going to jump ahead real quick about this scene. True, we talk about Carol's The sexual assault arc. scene? I mean, we're yeah. almost there. Yeah. Just... Carol is with Mark. Okay, so Carol is like an English reporter who is, her duty is to escort Diana and She's her Rita fiance. Skeeter. She's Rita Skeeter. Her duty is to escort them around London. Uh, after Diana gets into a mishap with a paparazzo and gets arrested, Carol kind of escorts the fiancé back to the mm-hmm. hotel, makes a move on him. Uh, the fiancé says no, and then Carol just, like, tags along for the rest of the movie, pretty much, just getting into cabs with mm-hmm. the fiancé and Diana. But she, like, completely takes all her clothes off and jumps on top of him. It is unacceptable. It is unacceptable, yeah. But here's where I'm saying I'm not excusing it, but I'm saying that this kind of scene would not happen today, and it would also not be portrayed that way. Yeah. Oh, it, it's completely Carol a product of Carol was not supposed to be assaulting him. She's not supposed to be seen as a threat. Yeah. Right. It was like I feel like it was definitely supposed to be funny. It was, it like was one of those women can't do this. Not. Women can't do it. It's not like it can actually happen from a woman. So like, let's just you know drop it there. But yeah. And also. She literally just disappears mm-hmm. from the. She like really I does. was like, Carol's gonna be somewhere at that Princess Diana funeral at the end. I don't know. Something. It's almost but like I'm they like, knew that that was problematic, so they just didn't bring her up again. I mean, there's one line where Mark's like, um, "Let's just stay far away from Carol," <laughs> but that's it. I also want to talk about Mark as a character because he annoys the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Oh my! Mark spends his entire time in this movie treating people at their jobs like garbage there's not a single like customer service worker that he does not directly assault fiance is a psychopath we have a tax essentially the secret service attacks the Uh british secret service like what does he think is going to happen yeah so that's when they don't get into the garden party well let's talk about that real quick okay so real quick plot summary for andy mccarley who listens to the podcast but doesn't watch the movies uh (laughs) is that they end up going to that garden party where they're supposed to meet Princess Diana. Turns out a bunch of people from all over the world have also won the same sweepstakes. So it's just like a huge party and that like Diana's Diana going to. And that she is actually going to actually meet Diana. But she, yeah. You know. So when she catches wind of the fact that it's not going to be a real meet and greet, she joins this uh, like clan of paparazzi that's waiting for Princess Diana to arrive so that they can take pictures of her. When uh, the princess does arrive, Tony gets up on like a thing and ends up in a scuffle with one of the paparazzi. And they both tumble over the barricade onto the walkway. Mm-hmm. And they both get arrested and carted off to jail. And as this is happening, her fiance is looking for her. And Carol notices that Tony's getting arrested. Carol probably wanted to make a move on him that whole time. 100%. Mm-hmm. Carol notices that Tony's getting arrested, uh, turns the other way, and says, let's go to the garden party and look for her there. The fiancé looks all over the garden party for 
uh, Tony. He can't find her. So he tries to leave. Secret Service says you can't leave because Princess Diana just showed up and like nobody gets in or out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, come on. And the guy's like, no, I'm sorry. And punches so Fiance punches the Secret Service in the face, gets arrested <laughs> and carted mm-hmm. off to jail. Later in the movie, he beats up waitstaff at a restaurant, right? Yeah. He tries to. He, and he also is so like so possessive when he finally finds out that his wife is or his fiance is safe, mm-hmm. and she's like, "I'm with, I'm with Rob." And he, um, the first thing he says is, "Has he tried to get on you?" Like, like, at, like he's so angry at all <clears throat> times. Yeah, yeah. It is just a mess. Yeah, I was very confused about that. I mean, so I guess so. Rob is. Oh, he's also so mean to um every cab driver oh, yeah. in yeah. London. Yeah, and it's like, what, dude, shut up. There's I not mean, a, and then like even at the very end of the movie when he's at the phone at his job, he just like he he leaves it like off hanging. He he just leaves it hanging and walks away. Like there is not a single moment in this film that he has an opportunity to do something that re- will would reach the bare minimum of civility. Well, he gives that guy that big pack of cigarettes though. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe <laughs> the fact that he was planning to start smoking randomly and decided to quit yeah that was his one altruism his one not altruism <laughs> if he if, if he stops himself from smoking which uh, he never did no and then helps somebody else smoke what if that man developed a lifelong cigarette I habit bet you he that did. later killed I him bet you he probably he did. did yeah okay so rob the paparazzo yes. dominic who, west yeah tony like topples him over and they both get arrested is anyone familiar with dominic west no he's in the wire he's in the wire he's also in this British TV show that I l- really love that's kind of like, that I really <laughs> love. That's, um, it's called The Hour, starring Ben Whishaw, Dominic West, and Ramola Garay. Everyone should look it up. It's been called The British Mad Men. How much did they pay you to say this? Um, nothing. That's uh, interesting. <laughs> it's good. It's, it's Nobody really would good. watch a British television series voluntarily. Just, just me. <laughs> I watch all of them. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's so my have problem. you watched uh, you watched a uh, secret diary of a call girl, right? With Billy I watched Piper. the pilot and the second episode. I didn't actually keep watching it, but I really, really? wanted to. I know because you love Billy Piper. I love Piper. Billy Piper. I love for my mom. My mom calls her Piper Billings. Um, nice. <laughs> just talking to my mom this whole time. Hi, Pim. But um, anyway, so yeah, Dominic West, he's very famous. He's, he's still working. So that's good. I saw him in a trailer for something recently. That's awesome. Um, and they had weirdly good chemistry. I like really did. liked their chemistry. They also kind of reminded me of Heath Ledger a little. Like, oh, like young. Uh, like, young like 10 like Things like I Hate About yeah. You. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. I'm used yeah. to seeing him as more of like an older, more professional mm-hmm. I was, type. Um, but. I was very surprised by his comedic timing in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's this one bit where Mark shows up while they're like at a car and is like freaking out. Like Tony is literally asleep in <sighs> Rob's car. Yeah. And, and he is too. Yeah. And, and Mark shows up and is like, and it's so funny that he's able that Rob is able to come out with these absolute zingers within moments of waking up. <laughs> mm-hmm. He just looks at Tony and goes, "Oh no, put your clothes back on, the ones that are already on your body." And she's mm-hmm. just like, "Oh my god." Like they already have like this connection. Like... It's incredible. I love it. I love their connection. I love their banter. I don't know how I feel about Rob as like a human being, but I no. do like but I do like Rob and Diana as characters and what they bring out in each other. And I think that her just like going along for the ride, no matter what, was so It was fun. It was fun because it was very like she obviously knew that 
Mark, maybe she didn't know, maybe this was their first like relationship test, but she obviously knew that he was crazy and jealous. No. But she didn't even care. She was just like, I'm literally met this person right now. I'm having a weird day. This is pre-cell phone. Mm. So it's like, what's she going to do? Like, And I also feel like she somewhat implies that she's not 100% sold on the marriage. Because right. there's that one scene where <clears throat> she's like, marriage, you know, it could happen now. It could happen. Baby. She's like, like I don't want to have like, a baby right away. She's like, I don't want right to do away. that. Like, she's very, like, not fully on board. I feel like she's restless. Yeah. And I appreciated yeah. the fact that, like, spoiler alert, they do actually um, Break up. end up together. Her and Rob. Oh, yeah. Mark. But I was just like, it didn't feel that way. And I actually kind of appreciated it. Like, it wasn't telegraphed right away that they would be. Like, I knew yeah. they would both be, like, the main characters. Yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. I thought it would be, like, a friendship story. And then, right. like, it surprises you. But, yeah. but I think it was earned. I feel well. like yeah. it, I feel like I, I do <coughs> kind of wish that Rob had been played by Rachel Griffiths. Mm-hmm. Just as a redemption storyline for yeah, her. Yeah, just because, yeah. <laughs> so she goes to London, finds out that she is also a lesbian, and... Yeah, it would have been fantastic. Well, anyway, where were we in the plot? Oh, okay, well, so... Well, I have one yeah. more thing to say that that will, I think, transition ne- further into the plot. Please, so please, we're so bad at that. Day one, <laughs> we're talking about Tony's fashion. Oh, oh my God. Day one in London, stunning. The hair clips. Oh, I love the hair clips. The blue jacket. I adore the hair clips. Then, describe the hair clips, though, for They're like the 90s, like, butterfly clips. Mm -hmm. Like, so many that she didn't need. Multicolored. Mm Multicolored. But, like, and then we wake up on day two of London, and she pulled, she literally went from Carrie Bradshaw to Miranda Hobbs. Oh, yeah. Yes. I didn't know what was happening. Are you happening. talking about the orange the and purple orange, polka dot like yes. polo shirt? Which yeah. I actually appreciated Mark's outfit in that scene because he was wearing a fanny pack, which are in now. They are. I think at the time they were in as well. No. Mark is Mark Yeah, is but I liked in. the fanny pack. I worthless. thought he worked the fanny pack. He was <laughs> Wait, worthless. Wait, really quick, before we move on, um, I'm rewatching Sex in the City now because of the because of the podcast about Sex in the City called Couldn't Help But Wonder. Did I text you about this? Ooh, I don't think so. Oh, no. it's the it's this um it, it's this it's uh it's these comedians Jamie Lee and Rose are now and they go through every episode of Sex in the City and they don't just talk about the episode they talk about like the sexual themes and like you know the curious question that's at the end of every mm-hmm. episode. It's I w- I want to say like forty percent about the show itself and then sixty percent just them talking about hmm. sex. Do they talk about how like if it like holds up or not and like yeah definitely okay, cool. um and so because i'm rewatching, i want to ask you guys both for a quick sex in the city detour always do we, down for that how do we feel about steve because i liked him when i first watched it but mm. now you know what it is in his first ever appearance he uh talks shit about fiona apple and now that i've started listening to fiona apple i'm like he's nothing i Honestly, I, I think Steve's one of like the the most genuine men, straight men, in the whole entire series. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I but that's also him. a tallest Are you calling the gay men in the series genuine? Because they're not. Maybe not genuine, <laughs> but caricature. I don't know. Um, but no, I think Steve. Like, I would nothing... say that the gay Stanford. men are. Well, genuine in the sense that, <clears throat> like, they say what they mean. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Mr. Big has never answered a direct question before in his life. Oh, we we love Steve. I, like, nothing household. disappointed. I mean, I don't want to spoil Where anything. are you? You've already watched the whole thing before? No, I watched, like, the first, like, season and a half in oh, college. You well, then, will be yeah. in for, okay, I season love three, Sam. Okay. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Because 
to be honest, all I remember about Steve is that he sounds like Mo from The Simpsons and he talked shit about Fiona Apple. Do you know Steve's like Oh, and also that he's like I I know that he has to grapple with the fact that he uh, makes less money than Miranda and he like feels like less of a man because of that and he has to like get over that. That's all I know about him. Like the whole story. I know that don't him and Miranda end up getting married or something? They end up together, right? I think you're gonna have to find. Okay, don't tell me. (laughs) I love Steve, and I also personally, whenever people are like, "What are you?" I qualify. I'm fully a Miranda. I'm a Miranda Sun, Moon, and Rising, but I also am a Steve. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm both. And of them. you know what? Mark from this movie wishes he could be Steve. <sighs> he wishes he in could some be Steve. form yeah. because Steve is the ultimate. I think that every man on Sex and in the City should aspire to be like Rob, Steve. Rob, Rob wishes he could be big. Oh, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that. Well, <clears throat> I think that what I think of when I think of Mr. Big is like that. Mr. Big is always playing games mm-hmm. and is always like. And he's too sh- old for that. He's too fucking old for that shit. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, who are you though? What is your sun and moon with Sex and the City? I think that um, I think that I'm a Miranda Rising, but I, but a Carrie Sun and Moon. Okay. I don't know if you guys would agree with that about I me. I do. I do. I I think you might be a Miranda Moon though. Mm. I think that I'm growing into. You're definitely my a Miranda, Miranda Rising. Nets. That's true. Yeah. I think they're, but they're also, their friendship is the you most know what important it, one in the show. Yeah, you know what it is? They're so similar and so different. You Her know, and Carrie, I mean. You know what it is? I feel like I'm a Carrie because I will get myself into precarious romantic situations precarious. For, mm, mm. for the purpose of content. Like mm-hmm. I, I definitely have True. that complex of it's it's also Lena Dunham's complex on girls where, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I'm going to date the shitty guy, but it'll be OK for because the, it's going to go the in the memoir. Yeah, yeah. The worst thing well, that could happen is you have a story. Exactly. And, and, what are, and what are you, Brandon? Who are you? Um, I feel like. I would say Carrie, Carrie's son. Mm-hmm. Carrie Rising. Maybe. I, I can see you as like. I kind of see you as a triple carry, to be honest. Ooh, I can see you <laughs> as having like a Charlotte rising if Charlotte wasn't such a dipshit. Just in mm. the sense that like you're very warm and very easy mm. to get to know. I was going to say possibly like. Definitely woke Charlotte. I woke almost, Charlotte, for sure. I would debate whether maybe a Charlotte Charlotte Moon. Oh. Because like I feel like the way it pro like internally process things is more charlotte centered than you are a bit of a monogamist i hope that's, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me um you know i mean you you like i feel like in in my history knowing you there haven't been very many times where you've um what where you've gone out with somebody more than once just to see mm-hmm Hmm. I mean, I've only had two boyfriends. Yeah, because I feel like that's that's like that's the, true. the the tea with Charlotte is it's like she's like, like a serial. She's like well, she's she's not like going to just like call someone her boyfriend mm-hmm. just to have a boy. Like she's like exactly. She has like it's either you. I I need like I would love for you to be my boyfriend or it's not happening. I guess, and I feel like Carrie is like a serial dater. Well, she'll she'll like. 
feel it out. She'll be like, oh, this is my new boyfriend. We've been together for two weeks. Carrie will, yeah. Carrie will for sure, um, uh-huh. like, she gives people more chances, I think, than Charlotte does. Phone down. Phone Ooh. down. Okay, what time is it? Should 7.43. We... Let's just pivot back to the we film. Should what go, do we, we think should Diana, played by Tony Collette, uh, is in Sex and the City? I think she is a... Samantha okay. Moon. I think it's Samantha Moon for sure. Oh yeah. Because she does have this inner desire for chaos. Yes. And then I would say Carrie Rising and Sun. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder what Tony is in real life. Um yeah. also oh. Oh. Are we about to say the same thing? Yeah, what? Tony and Diana, her character and Princess Diana are all born July first. I mean, you looked up the Diana's birthday because Tony's her birthday, birthday is or no, 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 not Tony, no, but um, Di- okay. Diana Tony, Diana, Diana Tony, Tony. Oh, yeah. and Diana, because the they said they had the oh, same birthday. Oh yeah, they're birthday, born ten years apart, July first. Yeah. But what what I was about to say, which is that um, in that I think that we read the same article mm-hmm. about like the scandal of this movie, where the director said that uh, when they were shooting those bookends after Princess Diana died, they shot like a beginning and end scene right. where uh, Diana is at Princess Di's grave. And apparently everybody just felt super weird being mm-hmm. there. And the director said, yeah. especially Tony Collette. Like, she yeah. for sure didn't want to film that. Because they filmed at the actual... At the actual grave, Why yeah. did... T- what was Tony's um, grievance? It's because they all felt... It was, like, so fresh that they were, like, and we set up a they, film crew, oh, but it they filmed flowers. It, they filmed oh it genuinely, flowers. like, like weeks later. Like, they, they said they piled up flowers, like, as if it was... Like, I would say the Wikipedia article I, said that... just that hit me what that means. The That's whole... So it was yeah. very kind of gross, like... I don't, it was yeah. like, what are they supposed to do? Well, I know. Exactly. I, I they mean, had to do it because they couldn't just release the movie as it was. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of like... Well, and, yeah, I read that he also was saying like it, it works in a certain way where it's like the movie either was very important over her general legacy in general or they just made it way too soon. Yes. You know? Yeah. And that wasn't their fault. Yeah. And they also do make responsible comment on what paparazzi means and... At the end, and he kind of gives it up. Called, yeah, definitely. But for most of the movie... And it's very interesting to think that um, the script was written and everything was filmed. In a, in a chronological sense, this movie was critiquing that paparazzi culture before Princess Diana died. Right, so yeah. it was... If it had been released like the day that post-production oh. was finished, it would have been ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. Because and no, it would have been insane. Well, yeah. Like, and it's just like, just to kind of get more into the plot, like, there's a lot of the movie where after this initial encounter and she meets Rob and everything where she's literally becomes a paparazzi, like they're they're climbing trees, mm-hmm. they're like yeah. chasing cars, they're being crazy. And the fact that people actually do this mm-hmm. for a living, like we see that, I kind of enjoyed the like peak, I, I don't know how legitimate it was, but like the peak into like what a paparazzi's, like what a paparazzo like does and like who they talk to mm-hmm. and like how they do it and like it's obviously it was very, a business. Yeah, it was very interesting. I had a lot of um, it was humanizing. But it was not very in, engaging, yeah. not in like a way that was like you could still tell that it was not right. But yeah. like, yeah. But it was oh, and we have we haven't even talked about John Sim in this movie. Who uh, John Sim, who was a big bad guy on Doctor Who. Yes, and in this oh, one, he's, I'm so glad you brought that up because I didn't. I wasn't in, gonna do. It. In in this one, he's just like a little scruffy, like he's the other paparazzo. Oh he, right, he, he's like um, John Sim in this movie is like 
the smallest guy in the gang in like a cartoon who's like, mm-hmm. let me at him, let me at him. And everybody mm-hmm. else is just holding him by the scruff of the neck. I you know, he's like, he's like the shortest guy yeah. who always wants to yeah. fight. Yeah, that was really, it was interesting seeing his perspective too. Cause I feel like they were the same. They were interchangeable, him and Rob at the beginning. Yeah. But then yeah. it was like, he didn't meet a Tony Collette from Australia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also, I loved, I just wrote this down. It's like the one line I wrote down. It's like when she thinks it's Diana eating at this restaurant. So she goes and they order like all this food because she's like oh, yeah. waiting for her to arrive. And then it's like, she goes, oh, it's Pamela Bloody Anderson. Like who gives a shit? <laughs> oh, and here's the time for me to drop the scandal oh. that I've been saving. And I have video evidence. So when she's at Cafe, what is it? Cafe? Uh, Daphne, I think. Or no, Daphne. Cafe Diana. Oh, no, Cafe Diana. And then there's Daphne's is the restaurant. Daphne's Daphne's is where they go. So, guys, when she sneaks off to try to find Princess Di upstairs, she doesn't because it is Pamela Anderson. Yes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And then she she goes out of the. um, She's trying to find her way back. And then she sees, like, the workers, so she goes out the fire exit. Mm-hmm. The door locks behind her, and that's when she gets into another chain of events. But look <laughs> at this. There's a man's hand that shows up. Do you see that? His arm. He literally locks the door. Like oh, it was really? a. I think it was a crew person. But look, do you see that? We're going to post that on the podcast yeah. Instagram and when so this drops. It could be said that maybe there was somebody else at play in this. Maybe Ooh. that wasn't a crew person. Maybe maybe somebody wanted to lock her out of the restaurant. And this now <sighs> becomes a murder mystery movie. <laughs> and nobody died. It, except Princess except Diana. Diana. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but you did. Do you think that the man who locked her out of the restaurant is the man who killed Princess I Diana? I do. Was that Rachel Griffiths's hand? Shut oh up. Oh, my God. It all comes together. <laughs> Amazing. No, I think it was, um, I think it was whoever was, uh, it was Cleo from Clock Watchers. Oh, my God. And then eventually, right, they go oh. to the party. Okay, so big, Elton big John's moment. birthday bash is what... It's so good. So first of all, real quick... The look. She leaves her fiancé. She's like, I don't want to go back to London, and they literally just split up at the airport. I don't want to go and back she to has, Australia. Yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> back to Australia. She has no money. She has no suit, like, really no luggage because it's on the plane. I was really wondering if... Um, Tony was going through Tony's character was going through a manic episode in this movie oh, I'm because sure. it does seem like very yeah. like like reckless spending and like making huge life choice but that also makes me is... wonder I feel like any movie that takes place over the course of uh, of less than like Five a days. month, yeah, could be classified as a manic episode well, because though, oh, you the basic the acting, principle like, of storytelling is that the protagonist has to go through a major change. You talked video. about that in that our was, first episode. I thought that was Cowboy. one of her best like acting moments in the movie was when she's at the airport yes. and like he's like grabbing the luggage and she's literally just sitting there staring into the distance, but so much is happening in her uh-huh. face, mm-hmm. just being like, I don't want to go. And like, and then he's like, come on. And she like smiles for a second, like, but it was clearly like one of those fake smiles detached like that you just do to make sure that the other person knows you're okay yeah and i was like so there was a lot like i feel like she definitely like she's she was more talented than necessary 
yeah. for this I, performance. For sure. I wrote a note that I feel like the script was written to have her be to have her come across a lot more unhinged than yeah. she is. There's this line at the garden party where she's asking Carol about like when she's going to get to meet Princess Diana and Carol is just like, Yes, like you will get to meet her soon. It felt like the it, it felt like a script that had been written for Diana to be this like crazed fangirl mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. Tony plays it very straight and she's just like yeah like I won a contest that said that I would get to meet Princess Well because they're pretty they're perfectly normal people who and I'm sure Tony Collette understood this that who like love and worship like celebrities but they're not going to go out of their normal life and I think that's why this movie's why this journey works for this character because she didn't think she was going to be that crazy about it. Yeah. And then like, she's just in the moment carried but away also, and just climbs over fences and I And I love the, the realization that she has at Elton John's birthday party where she's like, <laughs> wait, this just got like too yeah. fucked up. I think she should have had that realization but a also, little, a long did time we? Ago. She should have, but I feel like, like, like sneaking into Elton John's birthday party isn't like that, boo- like... It's not morally reprehensible. Right. But yeah. what's that thing that Rob does at like the end where he says that he's going to like threaten her children or something? Oh, Unless... we're all trying. So I, I watched it, it, then he watched it, and I was like, what did they just say? Because you know the picture she takes. She says something She's like, like what their when children. her parents find out? Like okay. they're going to. What was it? Let me. I have no idea. Let me just, I, I, know I was happens. like, let's okay. wait. Sam will know. Okay. But I figured it out because <laughs> I put it in my headphones. But, um,. So basically, I'm just gonna recap real quick. They, with the help of Rob's ex-wife, randomly, who has who mar- seems like a pretty cool woman, who seems cool and has married up and is invited to Elton John's birthday party, whatever. They all go there. It's like this white ball. Um, Rob gets kicked out pretty quickly because he's not on the invite list. Also, they didn't plan names ahead of time yeah, to say who they were. That was stupid. stupid. That was dumb. But then the Tony hostess gets to also stay gave there. them like way too many chances to come up with a yeah. name. Yeah, they said three names, and they were like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> but then Tony's wandering around, and then whatever shit happens. The, the party looks really fun. I think I want to go to Elton John's birthday. They had, like, a bounce well, house. of course. Bouncy house, white uh, costumes, pride parade. I want to go into a bounce house with Elton John himself. So mm-hmm. Rob sneaks in with a drag performer who continually crashes red carpets dressed Thank like God. Diana. Um, which I thought My was favorite character. a little problematic, um, but actually... Why was it problematic? No, I was expecting it to be more problematic because it was the 90s. The fact that he's recognized because of his teeth and not because of an Adam's apple or something was the most woke thing. I don't think it was problematic. I thought it was I was just kind of like, you were anticipating problematic around him and slash her, you know what I mean? Like, no, but it was, I mean, even the people in the kitchen at that one point were like, oh my God, sign that. Like, they didn't, oh yeah. There was nothing. Like, every time that he was caught, they'd be like, I'm a performer. I'm a gender performer. I'm a gender performer. But I'm anyway, a gender performer. so what they did was Rob sneaks in as security for the gender performer of Diana and takes a photo on like a little um, drugstore camera of the drag performer with young William and Harry. Like they're like eight years old. That's what it was. So he has Neville, the drag performer, take a photo. Like, he has him pose as, like, their mom and, like, their children. And Diana doesn't want photos of her children being released. So that's the whole thing. Like, she's like, don't blackmail me with these photos. Like, I will pose for my own photos if you just don't release the ones to my children. Okay. But that's too much for... I never understood. That's too much for Tony Diana because she doesn't want to meet her through blackmail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I understand. I yeah. love um, the line that Diana has during their like confrontation. 
she says you could be really nice but you're not yeah which i think which i think summed up my entire opinion about rob throughout he was really like right before they go to the party like when they're like pre-gaming together or whatever like drinking champagne getting all dressed up so cute so cute and the way he reacted to her her dress which was she looked so stunning and it was just so nice because i didn't realize until this point how little um mark appreciated her yeah and so the like seeing him just like call her beautiful like it was just like i was like finally someone's Mm -hmm. talking to her the way she deserves to be that's true it was so cute yeah i think he reveals that he's kind of a douche yeah, I think that there was enough setup in the movie. Like, he had enough, like, um, good moments and bad yeah, moments yeah. that I could kind of be like, okay, like, you could change. But I'm, in general, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, when somebody's like, I've just now decided that I'm going to make a change and the other person just believes it. Like, like right. Tony Collette really immigrated to another country for a man <laughs> that she had never even kissed. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey. But also, I love that. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> okay. So before we move on to awards, um, I want to... Well, Jake, do you want to introduce the new segment that oh, thank you've you. inaugurated? Um, Excuse I me. meant to get to this last week, but we ran out of time. But I wanted to say a new segment based on last week, my enjoyment of last week's film. And this new segment is called, Is It Better Than Clock Watchers? about the movie and I think the ruling for me is is this movie better than Clock Watchers? and I'm gonna say no <laughs> but I still think it's my second favorite of the eight movies we've watched definitely so it is that makes in second place out of eight which is not that bad it's just not better than Clock Watchers. yeah what course. about you Sam do you think it was better than Clock Watchers? I don't think it was better than Clock Watchers, but <gasps> my favorite movie so far does vary my favorite movie thus far has been Muriel's Wedding uh, oh, with okay. Clock Watchers coming in at a close second I'm gonna put Muriel's Wedding in third mm. and I'm gonna put the Paul Bearer fourth probably oh yeah the Paul Bearer just because it's such a spectacle mm. but this is one of the highest ranking Australian movies yeah. That we've seen. That is true. I think. That Not to true. be xenophobic or anything. But. <laughs> Wait, really quick before <laughs> we move on to awards, I want to tell you a story about my best friend Amanda. When she was in middle school, she had this assignment where they had to uh, go through the entire alphabet and like list a feature of themselves that began with each letter. So, mm-hmm. like, my name is Amanda. I am amazing, brave callous like whatever uh and when she got to x she didn't want to put xylophone like everybody else did so she looked up words that start with x and she found some some dictionary said that xenophobia meant fear of strangers so she wrote that she was xenophobic (gasps) oh my god i love that (laughs) okay uh so So you want to know how i how i feel about clock watch Oh, yeah. Brandon, what did you feel about Clockwatchers? I've never seen Clockwatchers. I definitely told Brandon that we need to watch Clockwatchers because I really liked it. I think that you should also watch Muriel's Wedding. I did watch Muriel's Wedding. Wait, what did you think no, about you didn't. it? I watched half of it. What did you think of Muriel's I loved Wedding? all half of it. Thank God. Because nobody in this room on the day that we recorded agreed with me that it was an incredible movie. It's incredible. Actually, I fucking love it on in retrospect. You're just saying that because you're outnumbered. When Jane <laughs> Green was here saying that it was a bad movie, you also thought that it was 
Well, you said that you liked it, but that you didn't. I'm like a people really like pleaser. I understand. <laughs> okay, awards. Okay, <laughs> awards. So here at the Tony Awards, we give three awards to each movie every week. Uh, we've got best prop, best Tony moment, and a custom award designed to each person's individual specifications. Brandon, what was your best prop for this week? All right, so I'm going to have to go with, I had a few. My, I would say my runner-up is um, when Rob is driving and just running over anything he needs to, and he just takes a restaurant table <laughs> through the street, and <laughs> then it ends up right next to a homeless man who sits down at the restaurant table. So I was going to say the restaurant table. I didn't notice that. But I think my utmost favorite prop was Carol's purple tie which is one of the only clothing items she still has on when she strips herself. <laughs> and I didn't notice it until then. But she has a giant, humongous purple tie just like around a her. Necktie? Like a necktie? I can only imagine what else could have been going on in this movie that you wouldn't have noticed the purple tie. I know. I think it's just because she's so insane that yeah. you don't even notice she has a giant fat Everything that she necktie. wears, you're like, that makes sense. Elizabeth yeah. Warren's. Only I just remember she like <laughs> rips open her shirt and then like she's wearing a bra, underwear, and just a giant purple tie. Brilliant. Jake, so, what was your best prop? Um, I said Elton's balls. <gasps> Fuck you, that, that was, was on mine. My list Going too. to the birthday party. Um she's like, Wait, Elton's balls, I forgot. And she got some birthday present and it's like two stress balls. Yeah. Which is then what Rob says their last name is. He's like, we're Lord and Lady Stressball. <laughs> Which is very, just, come on. Yeah. You I worked know. so hard to get just to this say, party. Like, Robert Smith, you idiot. Let and me, then, um, oh, okay. You have another I prop, had Sam? A, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I had another prop. Um, My best prop was Rob's unibrow. <gasps> he did Shade. have one of those. And you, sometimes you only notice when the I sun catches it. I noticed it like it. twenty minutes in, and I couldn't stop noticing. Now I have to rewatch the, the movie, movie to oh, look for the tie and the unibrow. I tried to. <laughs> I I tried to like. I think I like forgot about the unibrow because I wanted to, but you yeah. could see it in like the bright daylight oh. scene. I was like, listen, like I I can't be out here. Like, I don't shave my legs or my pits, really, so I cannot criticize somebody for having a unibrow. And I still think that Rob is the hottest character to ever grace cinema in terms oh. of movies that I've seen within the past 48 Hot hours, <laughs> which, the, which the only movies I've seen in the past 48 hours are this and Toy Story 4. Who's the hottest character in Toy Story 4? Woody, duh. Not the spork? No. Was the... it a good movie? Yeah. I really okay. liked it. Um, my mom fell asleep during it, but also we went to a pretty late How showing. How old is Andy at this point? He's... Well, Andy's not in Toy Story 4. That's <gasps> called B-L-A-S-P-H-E-M-Y. He's in college at this point in the movie. Whatever. I have one more prop real quick. It's Kylie yes. Minogue. <laughs> At one point, they're taking a lot of uh, paparazzi photos of Kylie Minogue, True, and I didn't recognize her until he mentioned Kylie later. Uh, and then, like, because like no one, no one in America knows what she looks like, but in Europe, she's the biggest gay icon yeah. in the entire world. Okay, all right. Uh, best Tony mom. Best Tony mom, Jake. What was yours? Okay, it was hard because I really, I'm gonna say this movie shouldn't really have like a huge standout moment, like I'm used to. Like she, her, she was very consistent overall with the character, mm-hmm. but I really loved when she was crying on the train. Yeah, like right after Mark leaves for Australia, 
she's this very like human just like moment where she's truly just crying on a train and it's like if you've ever cried on a train which i know we all have i um, think the last time i cried on a train was like last week yeah mm-hmm. it's like very it's a very personal thing but it's also like you know it's public so you don't really hold back but it's like well i don't know what that means i mean like you know you don't know anybody but you know yeah. that it's still weird mm-hmm. but, but like she you. was just like fully crying and like because she knew she was like leaving her um her life but she didn't really i don't know it was just her processing it i thought she did a really good job mm-hmm. yeah uh brandon what was yours um it was kind of mentioned already but um elton's balls was one of my favorite <laughs> moments because she just like says it in completely out of context just like they're they're having like a romantic evening and she's like oh i forgot elton's balls that's so me and i'm just like what yeah and like but she just like doesn't even you know and it was it was just perfect like in a modern day uh retelling of this it would have been Lindsay lohan and me mm-hmm. and they would have been going to lance armstrong's birthday party <laughs> Yeah. And she would have just said, oh, Lance Armstrong's balls. He would have yep. been like, you mean ball? Oh, that's <gasps> why you said that. Because yeah. I would have been like, I think Elton John would still be having the <laughs> birthday party. <laughs> but with Lance Armstrong, you get that great testicle cancer humor. True. You which do. You must Testicular have. cancer. Sorry. Um, One time I was talking to a guy on Bumble and I asked him how his week had been. And he was like, oh, I just had some cancer removed. And I said, oh, what kind of cancer? And he said testicular. And I was like... Oh, sucks. My homophobic uncle had prostate cancer, and I thought it was kind of funny. And he said my homophobic dad had prostate cancer. And then we never met up because he later told me that he was an extrovert and that he likes to go out, like, every night. And I was like, this will never work. And TBH balls are kind of gross. So just get rid of them. I'm pretty indifferent to ball. Yeah, which surprises me because I feel like my personality, I should be more opposed. Yeah. My dad doesn't listen to this podcast anymore, so it's fine. A regular at my bar the other day when I said that was like, I love balls. And I was okay, like, I don't understand I don't people who love Okay, no, love yeah, indifference balls. at best. Yeah. Maybe yeah. like occasionally, but love? Mm-hmm. That's my, fa- my favorite moment on Desperate Housewives uh, is when Brie is like, I love sex, except I just don't understand. I understand the point of testicles, but I just think they're weird. Or they whatever They the could have is. easily been inside. Why? Why? <laughs> Okay. Uh, All right, your best Tony moment? <laughs> my best Tony moment is when Rob starts to drive on the sidewalk and she's absolutely indifferent. And I'm right. pretty sure that they're like having yeah. a conversation and she just keeps talking as if nothing else is wrong. That's true. Uh, Brandon, right. what is your custom award? All right. So this is my first time doing this. So forgive me. <laughs> but my award is the, um, I have two names for it. I'm just going to go with it. Um, yeah. The What Would Brandon Sargent Do Award. <laughs> and I give that to the gender performer. Because if this were a 2019 remake and this was Lindsay Lohan, Princess Lindsay Lohan, I would 100% dress as Lindsay Lohan to sneak in to wherever she may be. Congratulations. And then you open your mouth and you have like whatever the fuck teeth was going on. Yeah, I have braces. Well, British teeth are famously gross. Yes, famously. 
What's your custom award, Sam? Uh, my custom award was best featured actor goes to the man in the window who goes off on this huge monologue about how horrible people they are for climbing up a tree. I forget what the content of his monologue is, but he's just like, how dare you? You think that you can just come along and climb up into whatever tree and spy on whoever's in the window? <laughs> I give you 10 minutes. And then he's like, like, I'm going to go change my shirt. Yeah, yeah. he's like, I'm going to change my shirt. Perhaps mustard color would look better on me. Yeah. And then he leaves. That was the greatest moment of the film for me. What about- I thought they were catching Diana like cheating in that scene. Because she climbs up a tree and she sees someone having that sex in the window. But I was like, no. They would have cut that. It's just like, oh, if only she hadn't died, nobody would have objected to this movie at all. I know. Um, so my award is the 90s award. Now that we're, we're still in the 90s. Yeah. We're slowly making it towards 2000. But we're still in the 90s. And so my award is the 90s award for open airport ending love stories. Oh, my God. Mm. Yeah. Because Friends... Yeah, actually, this did it first though, and that happened in the two thousands. But whatever, like the fact that airports were just you could just go to the gate and profess your love <laughs> to someone who's literally wearing a ball gown and is about to get on a plane to Australia, <laughs> who has no luggage or money, and also just like buy your ticket <laughs> there. But she assumingly she already she bought a ticket home already and is just gonna go, and he's like, I want you to stay. I'm in love with you. We met three days ago. And, and she's she like, just says, okay. okay. But that's just like a product of how much Mark actually sucks. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, we've reached the end of the podcast. Uh, we're going to link to everybody's Instagrams and Twitters in the show notes. But do we have anything to plug? I don't. I don't either. I don't. You don't want to plug hard feelings? <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, Brandon's been revealed as the... <laughs> creator writer director an actor of the web series we're all on <laughs> um at hard feelings web series you can find it on instagram it's fun yeah you should watch it um eight episodes hell yeah sam's okay. also in we had to read so is jake we're bit. literally all the entire cast except for our dear friend if um, we had to re-edit it because Princess Diana died like right after we released yeah, it, yeah. and um, and she was the fourth cast member. Anyway, bye. 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 I'll cut that out.